Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Where did this ferocious determination out there today come from? The media. Every one of them brought us up. This is Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner GAA podcast. Hello there and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's Championship podcast. A thirlist thriller, Waterford woes and Cork football on the rise once again are just some of the talking points from the weekend. Let's throw in with the football action and Tony Lean was in Semple Stadium for us on Saturday night where Cork recorded a victory over their Tipperary hosts in a Munster Senior Football Championship semi-final. Tony, were you surprised by the margin of victory and by the cock performance yeah i think pleasantly surprised um as much by the performance uh, as the margin of victory again it isn't just the performance column it was aspects of the performance it was getting the simple basic things right which i feel cork football has probably fallen down on to some respect it looked to me like Ronan McCarthy has set about building very solid foundations. And as you know, you build every solid foundation with hard work. And what I liked so much about the Cork performance is they looked fit, they looked fresh, they looked focused. You know, they defended from 15 back. Um, They never relented. There was great pace about their game. And I'd agree, actually, Paddy Kelly, I thought, wrote a really good analysis piece in uh, today's Monday's Examiner, where he said the most pleasing thing was, as a Cork fan, he came away saying, yes, I can see the game plan, I can see what they're doing, I can see what they're trying to do. Of course, it's a work in progress. Of course, with any transition, there's going to be setbacks, and there might be setbacks you know, in the future. But certainly, in terms of a starting point, and obviously, you know, okay, people can look at the league, but it was building towards Saturday night. That was such a massive game for Cork football. And I said it to Ronan myself afterwards uh, when we were talking to him. They were under huge pressure, Cullum. You know, there was no expectation, but they were under huge pressure because Cork football has got such a bad rap mm. in the last 12 to 18 months. I think the way they played without the handbrake on. They didn't play like a team under pressure. They played like a team that was going to go out. You know, I used the word Saturday night, like hard running. And, you know, some guy on Twitter was kind of coming back at me and kind of going, you know, talk about damning Cork with faint praise. It was doing anything of the sort. That's actually one of the highest compliments you can give. They were hard running from the first minute to the 75th minute. And it just was the type of performance that you know that there is something substantial there to build on. Just going through your piece in the paper today, and there is a quote from Ronan, which I highlighted. It is a performance the group needed. Now, did he say that with a mixture of relief or a mixture of proving that they are on the right path? I think he said it in the context of convincing themselves that they, you know, because 
Football in Cork and the Cork footballers have been so downtrodden, um, you know, in recent times. You know, if you're a member of the Cork football panel, certainly for the last two, three years, it must be a very difficult experience mm. because there's constant negativity. And, you know, not all of that, by the way, is in the media. You know, sometimes people like to point the fingers and say, you're, you're, you know, you're giving Cork football a bad time. Cork football supporters are giving Cork football a bad time. That is what, what has happened. And it's, it hasn't been a fun environment to work in. And Ronan also made the point, which was interesting. He was kind of saying, you know, these are good footballers who take their football seriously. Maybe sometimes they're too serious. And I think what he meant was, let's take the handbrake off. It's there to be played. Football is there to be enjoyed and to be played and to give it a go and to do the best you can. But to do that you need a setup that gives you the opportunity to do the best you can. When you, say the ha- when you say the handbrake, what do you mean? Just a psychological handbrake. The fact that they've gone into every game or they go into so many games on the back foot. For me, it's no surprise in the National League that they perform better away from home than they did at home. Because they're, you know, if they're above in Navin or they're above in Cavan or they're above in Roscommon, they're away from that pressure environment of groans and complaints and the minute anything goes wrong it's kind of like oh my god these cork footballers are so poor you know and i suppose in fairness to cullum cooper and saturday's examiner i think that's the point he was making you know about cork football generally and the headline reflected it like cork fans think it's all over it doesn't have to be and that's why On so many levels, Cullum, Saturday night's performance was so important to Cork football. The performance, more often than not, will deliver the result. And they won by 11 points in the end. They won pulling up. But I just think it was the manner of the win, you know, will give them such a boost. And that's what you, when you're talking about the handbrake, I just think they played with that handbrake off. There didn't seem to be any weight on their shoulder Saturday night they played like Ronan McCarthy said they played like I knew they could play in this age of tactics and strategies now how would you describe the Cork setup it's simple um, and, and so often the best plans are simple there wasn't anything rocket science the last night I mean basically Stephen Cronin because um, because Tipperary played Brian Fox back deep Stephen Cronin, who is a very, very good reader of the game, was actually allowed to play as a sweeper. Cork dropped back John O'Rourke as well, which, you know, and even though he was named at corner forward, he's obviously going to play often back behind midfield. And it was quite simple thereafter, Cullum. They basically defended with great discipline, with great numbers and with great intensity. Now, and each one of those is so important. You know, there was no rash or stupid tackling. There was no giving away easy freeze. And what they did then, when you have the likes of the Sean Whites, the Tomas Clancy's, these guys, and especially midfielders as mobile as Aidan Walsh and Ian Maguire, they were actually able to get back up the field with great pace. You know, so you look at it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, but in any football manager or any football coach will tell you, If you can defend with discipline, defend with numbers, you have athletic players who then when you turn the ball over have the ability to get up the field really quickly and get it to people who actually know what to do with it, i.e. Luke Connolly, Colm O'Neill and these guys, then you have the basis of a very good football game plan. After that, you're finessing. 
But like once you have that as the foundation, and that's basically the structure. And believe me, that is going to be the structure for the Munster final. It's not going to change hugely. Sean Potter, Ronan told us, and that's another thing, by the way, I'll come back to it. Ronan told us afterwards that Sean Potter is back training this week. He has a month to the Munster final. Does that give him a start? I'd say probably not. But at the same time, if you have Sean Potter and even Paul Kerrigan coming on playing in that style yeah playing in that style and bringing that little bit of zest to the thing then you know it actually just only enhances the options we asked Ronan McCarthy the last night after the game what's the story with Sean Potter I don't know how many managers in the championship if, if, if I asked that same question to they'd you know they'd answer you in a kind of a we'll see we know what we're doing he just looks you straight in the eye and he says Shawnee Potter's back full training this week and that's Ronan McCarthy that's what I like about him what you see is what you get he tells it up straight you highlighted the performance of Rory Dean mm. uh, in your piece today what 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 stood out for well you? he typified if you know if you were to if you were to encapsulate the Cork performance in one player I would say it was Rory Dean I mean I have seen Rory Dean maybe six or eight times over the last three, four years. He's been one of those midfielders, stroke wing forwards. He obviously had picked up a very bad injury. He had a cruciate tear, uh, in cruciate ligament tear. He's come back slowly from that. He had a decent league. I just thought he was a revelation on Saturday night. I mean, it just looked to me. Again, remember when I said to you about being fit and fresh, the Cork team, Rory Dean typified that. He was up and down the field, but he wasn't just up and down the field. He was up and down the field with pace number one and with intent number two. There's nothing worse, as you know, than to see a footballer running into blind alleys and, you know, hearing up and down, but actually going nowhere. Every time Rory Dean was in possession in the top half of the pitch, he was breaking tackles, he was spinning inside, he was giving the ball to the man off the shoulder. There was one... Excellent moment, which I, I, I referenced there um, in the second half when Tip were, you know, maybe looking at, at getting back into the game. He chased down a tip forward. He definitely made 20, 25 yards on him and just around the D, got his hand in, knocked the ball away from him. Jamie Sullivan was able to pick the ball up and start another counter-offensive for Carr. And that was just, you know, I mean... Wing forwards in, in the modern game are just such a fundamental part of any game plan. Uh, and that's why I mentioned Potter and Kerrigan. Both of those could actually play that role. Certainly Potter could play that role. Um, but Rory Dean, I suppose it's, you know what, I, I'm going to ask the question now, which I suppose you, everyone is asking of Cork, and I ask it about Rory Dean. Was that a once-off performance on Saturday night? Or is that something that both he and Cork know are going to build on going forward? You'd like to think the latter. I want to ask you about the attendance. A lot of criticism of the Munster Council timing of the game. 7 o'clock, Saturday evening, Champions League final at 7.45. Did, did the crowd reflect that? 3,339 people. I must admit, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised it was that many. We were, we were, we were wondering last Thursday and Friday, would there be 2,000 people there? As you said, given the counter-attractions. Um, many from Cork? You're in the hundreds, Cullum. You know, I mean, definitely. And you, you, you got the sense midway through the second half when you got the tip, tip, tip kind of vibe coming through when they brought it back to five points that there was, obviously, there's going to be a huge uh, numerical advantage for tip. I would think, though, and this is, this is the key again from Saturday night, I would think that that performance will 
entice quite a number of fence sitters down off the fence for a Munster final. They will look at that and they will say, I like what I saw, you know, I've read about it now. Obviously, you know, even people that weren't there, they would have got a little sense of it on, on the Sunday game package uh, of what Cork were like. There's obviously been a lot of positive comment about the Cork performance. Ronan McCarthy won't lose perspective. He said that. He said, lads, if we'd lost this game, I'd have come out to you and I said, don't lose perspective. So I'm going to say the same now when we win. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're a work in progress. But you'd like to think certainly, and if it is Kerry, uh, you'd like to think that, you know, June 23, first Munster football final in the new Parky Cueve, uh, you'd like to think certainly that the Cork public would rally behind something that, you know, looks to be building again. Okay, what about the Tipperary project? They were shocked, I think, afterwards. I spoke to both Shane Stapleton and I spoke to Liam Kearns and um, I actually had a peek into the dressing room afterwards because, you know, the door was open for a few minutes. They were in a state of shock. They were in a state of shock because of their own performance was so poor. Their option taking was so bad. And... There's been an awful lot of talk about this short turnaround. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that. I don't buy that as an issue at all. Liam Kearns, who I know well, is a master at playing that game. There are some times, Cullen, that you actually can play that game to the detriment of your own team. You actually start to convince your own players in the dressing room that, uh, you know what, the world is against us and we're playing with a handicap here and sure, how can we be expected to win? And you give your players an out. You give them an excuse not to perform and not to win. And the one thing I would say about if you did have a game and with the best will in the world, like Waterford wouldn't be too taxing a game for Tipperary, then you would think that the one thing you should take from that mm. game a week out is that you'd actually get your timing right. You'd get your technique right. It's almost like a dry run. Those were all the things that let Tipperary down on Saturday night. So I'm not buying that excuse at all. I just think Tipperary malfunctioned spectacularly on Saturday night. But you have to give Cork huge credit for that. But at the same time, would you say Tipperary team, as we've seen in the past that can come into their own with a good qualifier run? And they do. And they have. Um, they have had several qualifier runs. Like Tipperary were in an All-Ireland semi-final two years ago. So, you know, you're talking about a team that should be well used to big, big days and big nights. And that's what surprised me about Saturday night, that they flopped, you know, so spectacularly. You know, they're obviously not into the qualifier draw yet. But I do think if they're lucky enough to get a home draw, you'd like to think that they should get things back on the road fairly quickly. Liam Kearns has still done a very good job there. There is still a huge amount, I would say there's still a huge amount of talent in that squad. Um, do they get to the Super 8s? You don't rule out getting to the Super 8s, but obviously it depends on the draw column. You know, we might have spoken about Meath getting back on track and we saw what happened them in the draw this morning. Their season could be over, you know, in the, in the first weeks of June. You'd like to think that there is an awful lot more. I know there is an awful Everybody knows there's an awful lot more in Tipperary. But the story from Saturday night in Thurlis was definitely people's eyebrows raised by the Cork footballers. We have the makings of a Cork minor on that lad Kelly, Mick. What do you think? Huh? He has everything. Yeah. He's too many notions. It's a fair weather hurler, no guts. 
son match of the day are to be. Did you see him out there today? Jesus Christ, can you look at the stadium? We haven't been up training all week. What's gotten into you? Exams next week. I'm doing a lot of study. Huh. That's not the story I hear. The other lads have exams too. It doesn't stop them from up. Whatever about the training, there's always the match on Sunday. You'll be up for it, won't you? I don't know. There'll be county selectors there. If you play well, you'll make the minors you have it in you. If you make the county minors, you won't have to worry about exams. I've put young fellas through my hands. No education to speak of. They sailed into jobs in the bank. I want a bit more effort, lads. Now, we've the betons of this lot. With a bit more effort, we can bet them all the way back to Mitchellstown. But we must be merciless with them. Take no fucking prisoners! Oh, excuse me, Father. If you make more space for us, if you can take your guy out to the wing, right? And you play off him. There'll be more in your line to listen, Kelly. You think it was a camogie match the way you're playing? You're like a young one afraid of getting a ladder and a tights. We're not getting any ball in the forward line. What are we supposed to do? We're losing that midfield. Shut up! I'm in charge here. And if you came up training, maybe you'd get more of the ball. Where is he? Not the Where is he? You can forget about him! Get out of here, Scarrier! There'll be no job in the bank for you! Shut up! I'm going anyway! And our thanks to Tony Lean for his review of the action in Thurless on Saturday night. Our next port of call is to Anthony Daly, who had a bird's eye view of the weekend action from his perch in the RTE studios in Donnybrook. We began by discussing the action in Thurless, where Tipperary and Cork played out an epic on Sunday afternoon. So, Anthony, halftime in Thurless, Cork out of sight. Did you think that was it for Tipperary as uh, your old manager and old pal Gerlach Nan did? Yeah, George said they were gone, I think, did he? Uh, and, and that's it. Um, I probably did as well, uh, Colm, to be honest with you. Um, it didn't look like there was any life in them. And, and, you know, a team that's wounded from the Limerick game, they normally come out and they show, like, uh, good and early that they're up for it. And even watching them in the parade, Parik Mara had a, a face on him that I felt, yeah. And I said, these boys are going to really kick back today, but... There was no signs of it in the first half. Like Cork's method of play was just miles ahead of them. And but to be fair, uh, I don't know now if it's a false renaissance. Like because sometimes, like you can get a kick. I can remember our own team. Like you get the other kick back out of us. You know, um, we we we'd rally for a half an hour or a game, and we couldn't sustain it. So it'll be very interesting to see now. Look. Watford, I suppose, are fairly wounded now going into the next day, so they have a great chance of being on three points face into the clear game. So, uh, but then that'll be four weeks in a row, like in clear, be after having a break. So, a lot can happen yet, but uh, they played a huge second half, to be fair. Uh, the McGraths were immense, to be honest. Uh, we were doing man of the match there, myself and Ken, and, and like it was, it, Ken McGrath, and it was a toss up like between Noel and John, to be honest. I thought. But the three matters were, were, were immense as well, but uh, really they needed someone to take a bit of scruff and make up front and both the Lock Mormon just grabbed it and, and, and uh, brought them back into it. And uh, look, it's, it's not, sometimes it's just not about systems and, and playing sexy balls into the corner. It's about 
jolly well wanting the thing, you know. And and uh, in that second half, they looked like a team that wanted it. And and if they can maintain that, they're they're a massive force. You highlighted on the Sunday game, Anthony, the Tipperary full back line, especially in the first half. I must say, watching it again on the highlights package, couldn't get over how far off the pace they seem to be. Yeah, and, and a bit like, I suppose, look, any full-back line is as good column as the cover uh, it gets. And, and, and also, like, from the field and your half-forward line to stop the quality of ball uh, going up. And some of the cock balls were nearly un, undefendable. Like, But some of the stuff still, like, and I highlighted Michael Cahill there in the piece today. And I, Mickey Cahill is one of my favourites. Like, he, he's just been... A Trojan there for Torres and and but like the attempted shoulder on Kingston, like being honest, like if I met Mickey today, I'd say Mick, you wouldn't do that at under fourteen, like coming out to the level of fill out with a shoulder on the edge of the square. I mean, all he to do was make himself big, spread himself, and and um, you know stop getting Kingston the shot away. But he he lunged in like and Kingston just dipped the shoulder, and then he was free to get the shot away. So yeah, like some of that stuff is just. No, like, Mickey Cahill doesn't need telling from me how to play cornerback. It's just a kind of a, um, a little chink in confidence thing, I think, um, that he, he, you know, he just probably has been injured for a good while and maybe not as certainty on the team. And that, that feeds into that. Like, um, and he, he's a brilliant player. If, if these guys can just get the mojo back, I, I really think they could still be a massive force in this championship. And, um, yeah, like uh, the full back line is is an issue, but but in fairness to Shane Kennedy, we all thought that would be the issue because full back is you know we were wondering what Michael Breen get a go there, and and uh, uh, obviously James Barry's not being trusted there. Thomas Hamill got a few goals at it there early in the league, but in fairness to Kennedy, he has been fairly solid uh, there, but uh, as a line, it hasn't been good for them. Okay, we're zoning in a lot there on the Tipperary problems. Let's let's take a look at Cork and from their perspective. One thing I want to ask you, Anthony Nash's save, would you put it up as one of the best you've seen? Uh, both saves, according to one the first half as well from Bonner, like just was top drawer. I mean, like I love Nash, I just think he's the best keeper in the country. I, I, I just think he, he can do the incredible and... Um, I mean, the save from Bubbles, like, I mean, that's the hardest save. All the goalies will tell you, like, is that, that whipped on ball. And we haven't seen too much of it over the last few years. And it was, it, this year, we, we've seen, like, uh, Fergal Whiteley. We've seen Dan McCormack and, and uh, you know, getting brilliant goals like that with just balls that they didn't go down over. They just whipped it to the net. And, and like, Bubbles did everything right yesterday. And Bubbles even showed signs that he might be coming back to himself terrible against him to be honest I suppose he just showed he wanted it that bit more yesterday and uh, what a save from Nash like I mean he just I mean he has it all as a goalie I think and um, even like the save he made coming off his line I think it was from John McGrath was it like like think about it like the Tony Kelly goal last week where he flicked it inside him, like, and people said he should have spread himself better. Like, in the seven days, how much had he thought about that goal going in? And he got down low and covered the ball. Like, I mean, that's a sign of a fella who just wants to be the best in the game. And, uh, yeah, it was an incredible save. And, like, 
if that went in, they probably would have lost the game. And how many of us could see that coming at halftime? Certainly, not Gerald Gannon, yeah. <laughs> in terms of Cork at the other end, a lot of criticism will say last season of an over reliance on Patrick Horgan, but a, a great spread of scores. And let's let's be honest, Shane Kingston, top of that list. Oh, for sure. Look, and uh, you know, trying to nominate the man of the match, and you maybe are a bit coloured by the second half. You know, it's the last thing you've seen, and Tip have come back from the dead, and like Handley could have easily been nominated or get it, and Kingston won five. Sure, he could have got it as well, and. Um, but I, I've seen Shane since he was under 17 uh, with Cork Miners and like a tremendous, tremendous player. And uh, so, you know, just my own opinion, I think that Kieran probably stepped aside, you know, because he didn't want to be directly involved with the young lad. Um, this is just my own opinion. Now, Kieran has never told me this, but I, I think he just maybe said, "Look, let him find his own rhythm and feet." And he didn't start the last day. And to me, he will be a starter on most county teams. And he just showed yesterday how how good he is, Colin. He's a he's a pacey. I mean, the run back to take the ball off Shane Amory last week was was incredible in terms of the, the level of work that you're willing to bring to the team, and then. To marry that, then with one five from play like uh, yesterday was 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 incredible. I think he's a brilliant forward, and uh, he will only get better. I think. Okay, we'll turn our attention to uh, Cusick Park. You were a happy man for a number of reasons, Anthony, with Clare defeating uh, Waterford. Uh, how was John Milan's face when he handed that fifty euro uh, back to you? Well, I see. The, the problem with that there, uh, Colin, was uh, he was in. Uh, I think he was in Turles and I was in Stoke and Ballsbridge. I was in Tullamore right at the match on Saturday night. But I was in Ballsbridge, which we'd watched three games. Uh, now, albeit you have, you have a high behind uh, screen and you have a big screen. It's a, actually a brilliant place to watch a game, but you are a bit devoid of the atmosphere. So, no, the official handing over of the 50 snots will take place in Limerick uh, next week where he's doing radio commentary and I'm doing uh, TV commentary, I think. So, uh, we well, yeah, made an agreement with Ken McGrath that he would be the man to take the official film, and uh, yeah, I'm certainly going to look forward to that to take it off the the, the great John Milan, whose mother is from Clare. Uh, so yeah, he he um, he was very bullish there at the launch of the thing, but I, I backed down guys in in Cusick Park big time because I think it's a it's a fortress like and you need your own place to be a fortress, and certainly it is like league results and even championship results now a lot these but there were mostly only qualifiers like would tell you that they are desperately hard to beat there huge scoring Anthony when was the last time you remember uh, Clare posting a, a 227 in championship back to your own yeah. days I'd say when you were responsible for about 8 or 9 of them I, uh, we, we, we used to concede about like kind of the 28 mark like you know so that was 113-28 kind of thing like you know so um, but that's when we'd really go back, so we, we need to put up a score now. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, they were very impressive. Uh, they, they, they went about early on. There was a bit of mad shooting, and I just thought, oh my God, have we got the thing wrong here? We, we wouldn't take our points last week, and now we're going to shoot from every angle. But then, whatever message came in from the line, like a measured approach uh, took over, and the ball into Conlon, and, 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 and Conlon. I suppose not a lot of clear people's favourite player for a long, long time. He he took the game by the scruff of the neck and he, he set up so much. Um, you know, he got the penalty, got the goal, might have got another penalty. 
he just he as I said last night, he, he was just a fulcrum for everything. And then once the likes of him is playing well, you see like you're gonna have then O'Donnell is gonna do his bit. Um Conor McGrath do his bit, then Kelly like But what I loved about Kelly was he, he Tony sometimes I if I have to be critical of Tony and not sure if I've ever seen a better player horror than Tony Kelly straight out he, he he's magnificent. But sometimes he can just think look six points in play, that should be ten points in play and he'll shoot from mad places but he he was so measured in, in his shooting yesterday, you know, he, he knew when the chance was on and he took it and then when he didn't, he let the ball in to Conlon and uh, Conlon had the beating of him inside, like he gave, he gave Shane Fives uh, a torrid 70 minutes and um, no, there was loads of love about Clare but I don't, if it was any little bit critical is we should have done a Kilkenny job on him, you know, when they were down to 14 men and that's not... God, I wouldn't want that one more than anyway, like, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you need to be ruthless maybe in that way, and that's probably a learning thing. But look, Clare are right back in it now, and at the very least, even if things didn't go away against Tip, and look, I'm not so sure the jury's out on Tip, um, we could go down there and turn them over, to I think. But it, it guarantees the Limerick game now is an absolute mm. epic, like, in it is. Um, like the official attendance was 13,000 yesterday, not including children like but I'm afraid the children will have to be uh, hoping daddy gets a ticket for the Limerick game in the last match and wasn't it brilliant isn't this the stuff we kind of dreamt about with the new system that places like Pierce Park uh, in Salt Hill and Cusick Park will be jammed yesterday in the atmosphere and look it has its few flaws that we have to learn out Cullen but overall I, I, I just thought it was great and I loved to have been there yesterday but sure Work, work is work, and um, you know it's it's great to watch all three games from the, from the studio as well, and be in Tullamore on on Saturday night just just to add in a little bit. What about the uh, injuries that uh, Waterford sustained? You, you know, again we 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 laughed at the start about Jer's assessment of the Tipperary uh, Cork game at half time, but you know, are are we to say that? Watford are already sunk below the waterline after what happened in Cusick Park yesterday a defeat and a massive injury list well I'll tell you if Derek pulls this off and gets him into the top three in Munster Derek has done some amount of good work for Watford Ireland savage amount and if he could manage this this would be his greatest achievement to my mind and I would have often said if Cody could win that Ireland with this Kilkenny team then there would be even a bigger achievement than the four in a row um, and I just even think this is beyond Derek like look at who's missing for the next day like now we don't know about one or two of the injuries maybe maybe Dara Fives maybe Barry Coughlin they might you know they were hand injuries but Noel Connors looked severe Ty DeBurka looked like a, oh god I don't want to be preempting any injuries now but it looked like a collarbone and like you mean you saw the holes in the defence when Tyke was gone and I, I just think uh, with Tip now buyed up by the comeback it's very hard to see them coming out of Limerick with anything next week and um, I mean if they lose two in a row with no home game and uh, the sooner they get the, the foundations dug in the better I think for, for Hurling now but um, they've been so great for the game over the last few years I'd hate to see Peter and out now but no and Derek he won't win and he won't, he won't um you know, he won't use excuses, but he, you know, it is, it, 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 I mean, the list that's missing is just, if, it, if you were nearly to handpick him, um, and you were the opposition, you couldn't probably handpick, um, 
better guys like to be missing. Do you know, I mean, they're they're key men over the last few years, and uh, and, and they look like they're out for next week. And uh, it looks like uh, that bubble might be burst. Now I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong in some ways, but um, you know, they just didn't look like they didn't have the. But sure, as I said last night, like should the Irish rugby team wouldn't be winning the the whatever you call that team, the rugby, the Five Nations or whatever. Then we follow the Super. They wouldn't be winning that thing, Grand Slam thing, if they like, you know, if you took Sexton and Murray and like that old Um if you took them out of the Irish team, they wouldn't have a up. Like, and like, so look, uh, it's 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 a tough, tough break for them, and uh, they come out fighting, and they never gave up the fight yesterday either. To be fair to them, they like Claire looked like they could streak away and win by fifteen or more, and. They kept it down to seven or eight for finishing. Like, that's that's the way they play for that management. Um, I, 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 I think it was a great management if it's coming towards its end. Um, and they, they'll try to get a better one. Uh, very quickly then, Anthony, just to wrap up. Uh, Galway Kilkenny, uh, as you said, some atmosphere in Salt Hill. Ah, brilliant, brilliant column. You know what I mean? This is what we hope this championship would bring us whether the timings are wrong and you know I saw Offaly on Saturday night and they were dead on their feet and I saw them against Galway the first round and they were they were absolutely so full of energy and, and having a goal but they were dead completely um, but this is what we'd hope for that provincial grounds like, like Sawtail and Ennis would would see massive days and the towns would, would really benefit from the days as well I know it's not all about that but you know, just talking a few minutes, Ennis was buzzing last night and the crack was great. And look at that, that's what we hope for. And um, yeah, Salt Hill got that yesterday. Now look at uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, they could have taken a leaf out of Cork's book and put down a new field, I think. Uh, the, le- the left-hand side of the field out from Salt Hill, beach side was lovely, it was like a carpet and the other side was like the Sahara. Like, you know, so that didn't help, but um, I think look for a finish. They were nervy, and, and you won't be nervy against Kilkenny because no matter you know how far back they've slipped, they're still Kilkenny, and Galway's record against them is very poor. But I thought for a finish, like they just stamped their class, and like look at look at Walter's goal really was the last puck of the game, the seventy fifth minute, and no score from Clay in the whole second half, and it just goes to show they just don't have the the, the score and power up front. If anything has to happen to Reed, and Reed didn't even get a score from Clay, so. To me, like as far as we've looked so far, it's a wide open championship, but you have to say Galway are that little bit ahead. I would worry if anything happened McInerney or or Dahi Burke. Like I mean, mount the teams playing out for full back and and uh Burke is just like a he's like a pillar now standing there. It's splendidly isolated in, in, in brilliance and uh, I just think um they, they, they need the two of them to stay fit. Uh, they might fill in a corner or a wing, but uh, they need they need those two guys up the middle because they're superb. And uh, look, that'll be a great game next week, Wexford and themselves, because Wexford Park will be absolutely humming for that. And uh, I think this look at, for the negatives, and there's a few knockers out there who will. Oh, look, sir, they'll just resist change uh, as long as the church and maybe a couple of political parties. Uh, but for me, uh, while it's not perfect, it's great. And uh, I think we, we should embrace it and make the proper changes at the end of the year.
And that's it from this edition of Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's Championship podcast. Our thanks to our guest, Tony Lean, and to Anthony Daly. We're back again, same time, same place, same channel next week. Don't forget, you can download our podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk. A glossary of GAA terms. Today's term, altercation. Go on, set all about my mother again, you b- A frank and honest exchange of views, often querying parentage, may escalate into a... He scalped, Darren! Melee. Violence! A spontaneous gathering of five or more for conflict resolution. For the very definition in evocative GAA coverage, read the Irish Examiner's team of experts for insights and precise analysis on all this weekend's action. Only in this Monday's Irish Examiner. We define the games that define your summer. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.